Hi, my name is Megan Neuralek and I'll be reading my paper entitled Women's Bodies as the Political Apparatus of the State, Abortion Policy in the Socialist Republic of Romania, 1966 to 1989. Romania became a socialist state following the Second World War and typically followed the policy of the USSR. From 1957 until 1966, abortion was legalized in Romania in line with the change of legislation of the Soviet Union. However, Nicolae Ceausescu's ascension to power represented a break from the Socialist Republic of Romania's trend of mirroring the policies of the USSR. In 1966, Ceausescu's socialist regime implemented a strict ban on abortions for women in Romania. There were some conditions in which abortion could be accessed, but they were reasonably limited. Being over 45 years of age was one, having five or more children already was one, cases of rape, incest or severe medical issues also constituted a cause for illegal abortion. Before the ban was put in place, abortions were almost exclusively the only form of contraception available in Romania, as contraceptive products were not on the agenda for importation by the communist regime. Thus, there was an average of about four abortions to every live birth in the country, as an increasingly poverty-stricken nation attempted to restrict their family sizes. This high rate of abortions was seen as severely detrimental to the aims of the socialist regime. A high population was necessary in order to build the command economy that would expedite the climb to superstate status that Ceausescu had in mind for Romania. Decree 770 came into being and women's bodies became the political apparatus of the state used to achieve a totalitarian aspirations. However, the abortion legislation was treating the symptoms of the issue that was not at the root of the low birth rate, rather than focusing on its societal causes, such as economic hardships and the inability to care for children without government provisions. The population did see a boom in the immediate aftermath of the legislation, but this was short-lived, and two years into the legislation's lifespan, it became apparent that this initial spike in population was a superficial result. After this adjustment period, the number of births began to decline steadily once again, and Romanian women formed channels of obtaining abortions, albeit illegally. The birth rate had returned to almost the same level as before the ban was implemented, for the policy had ridded the state of safe and legal abortions, but did not end abortion practices in Romania completely, merely forcing them underground. The only marked difference that the policy was made was to jeopardise the lives of women in its endeavour to use them to achieve the aims of population growth. Gynaecologists were forced to perform mandatory monthly exams on any woman of childbearing age in order to keep track of those who had fallen pregnant and stop them from potentially ending their pregnancies. From time to time, doctors were able to tell women that they might be pregnant, but they would have to check again next month in order to be sure, thus giving the woman time to do something about it before it was officially recorded if she so wished. However, even this carried risks as the secret police agents were present during all of these examinations in order to ensure that pregnancies were recorded accurately. Many physicians began giving illegal abortions to women who needed them, perhaps for reasons of principle, but more likely for the amount of money that was associated with this risky procedure. Because of these high prices, women of the lower classes were disproportionately likely to suffer tragic outcomes of back alley abortions. Women of the urban middle classes were able to afford contraceptives on the black market or pay for the services of licensed physicians, while women of the lower classes were forced to use cheap back alley providers who were rarely licensed physicians but performed crude, incomplete abortions, which often led to septicemia. In the more rural areas such as Transylvania, there were often local wise women who would make teas or suppository concoctions made from different plants that they believed would end pregnancy, many of which ended up in fatalities.
In the socialist period, 60% of female admissions to hospitals were women who were suffering from the complications of crudely performed abortion attempts. Casualties frequently arose due to women resorting to extreme measures of purposely causing themselves physical harm to try and end a pregnancy. The tools that were necessary to complete abortions were kept under lock and key by secret police officials stationed in each hospital. Thus, many of the illegal procedures became deadly as they were performed with makeshift items such as all-purpose tubing in unsanitary environments. It is recorded that some 12,000 women died from abortion complications in the period from 1966 to 1989. In actuality, this number is completely unreflected of the extent of the deaths that did occur, as the numbers recorded only those who sought help in hospitals following complications from illegal abortions. Most women who suffered these complications did not receive treatment for fear of the three-year jail sentence that was attached to seeking illegal abortions during the period. Secret police officials were also stationed in hospitals to ensure that any woman who came seeking help from illegal abortion complications were questioned and gave up the names of the practitioners. Women and practitioners alike could be sentenced to three years imprisonment were they found guilty of having or carrying out abortions. Despite this risk, studies showed that it was typical for a Romanian woman to undergo as many as 10 as these illegal abortions in her reproductive lifetime thus proving that they preferred to risk their lives each time instead of submitting to the ideal of the good socialist woman. This serves as an example of the tension between the propaganda of the state, which chose to acknowledge only the happy socialist mother and the state's successes, as opposed to the reality of widespread bitterness and fear that existed regarding the pro-natalist policy, as well as many other aspects of life under communism. In order to combat the birth rate which was falling once again, The government introduced new policies in order to encourage Romanian women to procreate. These included taxing childless couples, modest grants for every child that was born, and wide propaganda schemes such as bestowing medals upon women who had upwards of six children. As well as this, they began a very rudimentary program of state-subsidised crest services in an attempt to champion the good socialist working mother. In reality, these measures fell short of what was necessary in order to make large families viable for Romanian women. The grant per child covered somewhere in the region of 10% of the costs of rearing a child, and maternity leaves were the briefest of all in Eastern Europe. As well as this, creche facilities set up by the state were scarce and notorious for neglecting and abusing children. Still, however, the state publicly and internationally continued to commend its own achievements and the efforts of women who they claimed were living up to their most important civic duty, bearing large families. The example of a Socialist Party conference in 1974 shows how paradoxical this champion of the good socialist mother and worker and the thin veneer that was placed over the real issues of society. The party had invited a mother of 10 children to speak at the conference to honour her achievements. They were bestowing her with an award labelling her as the heroic mother of the people, as part of propaganda to promote an image of the ideal socialist woman. This visibly haggard woman stood up on stage and was silent for a long time. Eventually, she started to speak and said that while it was very, very difficult to have a large family, they made do as best they could. She said it was very nice of the government to invite her to speak, but what she really needed from them was another mattress for her children, as currently four of them were sleeping in bed with her and her husband and they scarcely had enough to eat. This exemplifies the utter destitution experienced by these families at the hands of Ceausescu's pro-natalist policies and the extent of the fallacies presented by the state. The most harrowing and enduring legacy of the abortion legislation was the rise of the state-run orphanages. 
Many women could not afford access to an illegal abortion or did not have access to a practitioner, so were resigned to carrying out pregnancy after pregnancy after pregnancy. When families had too many mouths to feed as it was, and were unable or unwilling to access illegal abortion, many families ended up leaving their children in the care of orphanages. Estimates for the number of children in orphanages in 1989 at the fall of the regime start at 100,000 and go up from there. In many cases, it has been noted that families wish to return for the children that they had left behind in the vain hope that economic conditions would eventually improve for them. As became evident after the fall of the Ceausescu regime, this was rarely possible as the state had been engaging in human trafficking deals with Western countries to obtain stockpiles of foreign currency in exchange for these troublesome orphaned children. Conditions in these orphanages were often squalid and the medical care that these children were receiving was of the lowest possible standards. The insular nature of the socialist state meant that it was nearly impossible for libraries or doctors to subscribe to foreign journals, obtain foreign books or reports or to travel to conferences and as such the state, education, the state of education of medical professionals bred sheer negligence. It was a common practice that had been carried over from Romanian folk medicine to provide a blood transfusion to infants in the misconception that this would strengthen them. A study completed in 1990 showed that 120 injections over a four-week period was not uncommon for a newborn child to receive in these state institutions. This dangerous medical negligence coupled with the lack of resources assigned to these state institutions meant that babies left the orphanages were administered medicines with needles that were reused over and over again, leading to a widespread epidemic of children with HIV. After the fall of the socialist regime in 1989, it was discovered that almost 1,000 children under the age of four had contracted AIDS and a further 1,000 were HIV positive. On the 25th of December 1989, Nicolae Ceausescu and his wife Elena were executed by firing squad following a bloody revolution which overthrew the socialist government. The world was shocked to discover the conditions over w under which Romanian citizens had been living and the state orphanages received the most coverage of all these atrocities. The horrific effects of these pronatalist policies of the Ceausescu regime are still felt in Romania 29 years after the collapse of the regime.